following is a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah! This, this is Mick Shots, streaming live on DallasCowboys.com and the official Dallas Cowboys app. Now, here are Bill Jones, Everson Walls, and Mickey Spagnola. Under the superb producing direction of Chris Beam, here it is, a Tuesday edition of Mick Shots. And yes, the victory tower is still lit behind me. It's still tis the season, tis playoff season in the National Football League as the Cowboys are in position to win a spot in the tournament. Bill Jones with Everson Walls in his Cowboys gear, Mickey Spagnola. In his Cowboys gear inside the SWBC Mortgage Studios at Ford Center at the Star in Frisco. And here we are. It's the final week of the regular season. Everson, let's give you the first thought as we get started on this Tuesday. Well, my first thought is, you know, Chris has really been asserting himself as a producer here. And I think that's kind of necessary because, you know, it's not named Mick, Mick Shots for no reason, right? I mean, <laughs> it's Mick Shots because Mick can be a, a jerk sometimes. So Chris, Chris don't play, right? I'm going to start calling Chris uh, Mr. Carter. Remember the, the old Lean on Me movie? <laughs> Morgan Freeman was running the high school and he had the bat. Yeah, we're going to start calling Chris Batman. How about yeah. that? Chris Beam uh, is the one who keeps Mickey in line on mix shots. And Mickey, how are you doing on this fine Tuesday? Good. We're talking playoffs. Playoffs? <laughs> Possibly. I tell you guys, I do have a scenario that I really didn't think of uh, because usually you're talking about college players going into bowl games. And some of them who are highly touted, uh, they like they opt out. Like, look, I'm yeah. about to get drafted. I don't want to get hurt playing against, uh, you know, somebody like North Carolina State in a bowl game or something like that. So now this morning, they talk about Pittsburgh Steelers taking that same attitude. Uh, they have decided not to start Ben Roethlisberger along with many prominent starters on their squad. So now, I think they were going to play the Browns. They're going to play the Browns. So those other teams, Miami, uh, uh, some of those low-hanging teams that are trying to, to make the playoffs in the AFC, what are you going to look at now? You know, what, what are your options? How do you feel about a team basically tanking a game because it doesn't do them any good? Uh, they can't improve their position. That, that's something that all of a sudden, you know, it's a foregone conclusion on the Browns-Steelers game. So whoever is expecting the Browns or uh, the Steelers or the Browns to put up a fight one way or the other, that's already pretty much predetermined because I can't see Pittsburgh beating the Browns without Roethlisberger or many of the prominent starters that they've decided to sit. So advantage Cleveland is what you're saying. Advantage Cleveland and those that need Cleveland to win for them to get in. You understand what I'm saying? Well, I'm thinking that a bunch of teams need Cleveland to lose to get in. There you go. 
It's all determined. It's all been, I think, now predetermined because I just can't see the Steelers winning without their starters. You okay with uh, Washington it, cutting uh, Dwayne Haskins? Hey, if it can benefit the Cowboys, I don't give a damn what Washington does. <laughs> well, I just see, see what I'm saying. I just saw you see what I'm saying. I just saw something that uh, Rivera said that uh, uh, he seems confident that Alex Smith will be able to play on Sunday. But who knows uh, what you say see, at the beginning of the week, right? Smoke screens could be yeah, out there. Yeah, I don't. I don't like that. I don't like that. Alex Smith is. He was doing very well before that calf started screwing with him. And, boy, he's going to come out fired up and ready to go. And, uh, and what I had heard, and I can't remember if it, it was one of those information guys at the major sports networks, either NFL Network or ESPN, I can't remember which one, uh, said that Alex Smith, they, Washington felt like on Friday that Alex Smith was going to be good to go this week against Carolina, this past week against Carolina. He had a little bit of soreness on Saturday, and then they just, as a group, decided, uh, let's hold off. Let's let's give it another week uh, because they didn't have to win on uh, Sunday against Carolina. Yeah, they, if they, they would have benefited greatly had they won, but they didn't have to win. Uh, and so I think they feel pretty confident Alex Smith is going to play against Philadelphia Sunday night. And I would imagine that it made it a lot easier for them to make the decision to go ahead and release Dwayne Haskins especially because Taylor Heineke came That I game. agree with, Bill. That yeah. I agree with. And uh, Heineke uh, had moved past Haskins anyway, uh, so if Smith can't go, they were comfortable with going with Heineke over Haskins. So, and uh, Who actually so came we'll into game uh, at the end and played better. That's right. That's right. That's what, I, that's, that's what I'm saying. And so uh, with the, the issues that were going on anyway uh, with Haskins over the course of the last week, or, or if not longer than that, uh, they just decided to cut bait now, and um, and we'll see what happens. You know, the other thing as it relates to Philadelphia and Washington uh, in regards to what you're talking about, the one thing that I was thinking about in this COVID year where opting out has been uh, something that was prevalent even before the season began, what about these teams with veteran players who now come down, who are out of the playoff hunt, and now they come down to the last game of the season, they might be even more apt uh, to opt out of this game than in previous years. Uh, one guy in particular is Fletcher Cox, uh, who was on the sideline anyway at the, and had been nursing an injury, even, and he didn't practice last week coming into the Cowboys game and then left with a stinger. Uh, I would think it's, it's, uh, the chances of Fletcher Cox playing against Washington are not great at all this week. Yeah, but I don't. I don't think you would. I mean, I don't think you can call it an opt out because I don't think. I think there was a deadline to opt out for COVID reasons. So you right, can, right. You but could you just can say, easily just. It can yeah. be an unofficial. Right. Yeah. yeah, it wouldn't yeah. be called yeah. an opt out. It's, it's an unofficial. Yeah. Be like one of the veteran guys say, Ah, I'm not playing that bowl game. I got nothing to gain. I got to get <laughs> that's right. Draft. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Which, which, by the way, on the college thing, I'm all for right now with the state of college football, not to get too into this topic, but I'm good with every NFL draft prospect who's not playing in a national semifinal 
opt out of these bowl games. Opt out, and that, that is the only way we're going to be able to fix college football where they can expand the playoffs into an 18 playoff or whatever and make these games matter. Uh, you get all those players opting out, and then they'll understand that they've got a broke product uh, in college football as far as the bowls are concerned. Or you can be like Missouri and have a COVID outbreak and have to cancel your bowl game. <laughs> is Missouri the reason that they canceled? Yeah. And, yeah. and you probably don't want to go to Nashville well, anyway with the problems they've been having there. <laughs> That's right. They were in the Music City Bowl. In yes. Watch out, Spags. Yes. Watch out, buddy. Yeah. So anyway, uh, you know, when you look at these, this final week of the of the regular season, there's there's so many different variables at play. And, that, and by the way, and I know, Mickey, you're not big into fantasy football. This is why the fantasy football season ends in week 16 and not in week 17, uh, because you never know who's going to actually be playing in the games in uh, week 17. Uh, but uh, obviously, the Cowboys need, and I think the Eagles will put a good effort out there. Uh, I think uh, they, they benefit from the fact that, that uh, Jalen Hurts is at quarterback, uh, he has shown that he's got good leadership ability and his teammates want to play for him. And, and really, those, the younger guys, uh, I mean, they've got a lot to play for in term, on every team, have a lot to play for in terms of making an impression for next season. Yeah, especially those uh, young cornerbacks, right, trying to find their way in the league. You would think uh, the running back, Sanders, uh, he needs to play, right? He's, he's trying to earn a job, and they don't draft a running back uh, ahead of him. Um, you know, and, yeah, the, I, just think, I just think, you know, the guys that play will play. No one wants to put bad tape out there. And everybody knows that at some point maybe free agency looms on the horizon and somebody will go, well, let me see how this guy played game 17 or game 16 in That's 2020. Right. Right, and they go, and he did that seriously. I don't want him. So I think those things are you have to take into consideration about, you know, just going up and going through the motions and playing the last game of the season. But but on, on the other hand, you have to uh, be excited about some players' opportunity. Uh, you know, you've got some guys. We talked about all the practice players the Cowboys have been using on the offensive line talking about the secondary being depleted. So now you've got guys like, and I know his name, but remember when we first saw him, number 40. You're like, who the hell is number 40? Well, now <laughs> Parker, if I'm not mistaken, Steven is his name. Parker. Yeah, he's, 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 got a, he's, got, he's on, on film now. And he, he can shop himself around. And he is amongst many other players that have an opportunity to do that who otherwise – we would not know who in the hell they were if it wasn't for 2020 and the pandemic. And that gave those guys an opportunity to show when otherwise they would just probably be another practice player on another team if they're lucky. Now you've got a chance to actually take some film with you and show what you did. You know, That's the, good stuff. The irony of Stephen Parker is they kind of need him now, but he's on IR. <laughs> 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 who knows if, but, but once if again, Xavier Woods for next is year, be, yeah, this offseason could be, year. if he's lucky, he could be very busy. I know, but yeah. we didn't even know who yeah. he was, and now we're sitting there going, gosh, it would have been nice if he was still there with Xavier Woods. <laughs> who knows if he's back or not. You know, it was like the same thing with Brandon Knight. You're sitting there going, oh, 
Brandon Knight's That's playing right. left tackle. And then he gets hurt, and it's like, oh, no, what are you going to do without Brandon Knight? <laughs> hey, you know who on the Cowboys roster might have benefited the most from uh, the, the new rules during the pandemic and so forth? Think, think about uh, who, who might have benefited the most on this Cowboys roster from where his career was going into this season and where it will be coming out of this season, all because he had an opportunity with expanded practice squads and the, the, the COVID rules in the league where he has a chance now to revive his career. Who, who do you think Gilbert? I'm thinking of? Garrett Gilbert. Gilbert? Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Garrett Gilbert, because if, if Garrett Gil, if Garrett Gilbert, uh, if it was a normal year, there would not he would not have qualified for the practice squad because he's too. Uh, yeah, the, the reason he was still in the league was because he had practice squad eligibility this year, and so he's sitting there on the Browns practice squad. And then when the Cowboys had a need, and uh, <laughs> and the head coach had uh, some uh, some. Uh, product knowledge from going back to high school at Lake Travis High School in, in Austin. Uh, he, he got, got an information from you, Bill. They and, came straight to you when they wanted information <laughs> on any he, quarterback that won the Texas High School State there Championship. There you go. There you go. But, but think about it. So he, so he played one game and almost beat the unbeaten Pittsburgh Steelers, doesn't get into another game, and he is going to have an opportunity, whether it's here with the Cowboys or elsewhere at the age of 30 next year, that he might not. He, he might have been playing in whatever spring league is going to arise uh, at, coming out of this pandemic. I, I would I would carry that I would carry that game film with me wherever I go. Anyone <laughs> that would be my middle name. <laughs> Garrett right. almost beat the Steelers. Gilbert, that's my name. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Let he, me send you a link to my game film. He had him down to the what? Twenty one yard line before uh, things fell apart in the final minute. <laughs> yeah. Before yeah. I pulled out some of my hair, yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, here's the Here's the other thing, though, that scares me about the whole scenario that's going to play out on Sunday. Uh, Cowboys take care of business. They play well. They beat the Giants. Okay, they're now on their flight home, and they're getting home, you know, second half of that Washington-Philadelphia game, turning on the television. And what is the story of the year in the National Football League as far as comeback stories? Alex Smith. It, and you know Al Michaels, Al Michaels and Chris Collinsworth are going to be playing up the Alex Smith story. And if he has an opportunity to win that game and propel the Washington football team, which, by the way, was the other story of the offseason, them changing their name to the Washington football team, if Alex Smith is, is the guy that's putting them in the playoffs, uh, that you, you talk about stories, that scares me from a Cowboys perspective, that it might play out on Sunday night. Well, the other part Sometimes of that, Sometimes you just is, don't like all of those things. The other part of that Go is ahead, if Spain. the Cowboys win and Washington's losing, then the story is Andy Dalton maybe reviving his career, by the way. There you go. And also, right. by the way, so, earning some serious incentive money by playing more than 50% right. of the snaps and getting the Cowboys into the playoffs. I think it's a million seven do- figures. It's a, it's a million dollars. Seven figures. And if they happen to win, I think it's another five hundred thousand dollars. 
Wow. Okay, so let me revise what I said about yeah. Garrett Gilbert. <laughs> All right. <laughs> because when you think about it, when you think about it, where Andy Dalton was in his career uh, going coming into October, and if Dak stays healthy the whole year, and with the, everyone leaning towards the, play, the young quarterbacks, the way he's played here in December – and has the opportunity perhaps to play on into January, even beyond January 3rd, he could propel himself back into starter money in the National Football League. Yeah, you absolutely. Know As you brought that up, here's what's unique. We, we, have, we haven't even talked about, as we've talked about in pre- previous seasons, the ability to win after Thanksgiving, right? That was always our push, either we made or we stunk up our season based on that stretch. Well, here we are now. I think we've had one of the more successful Decembers in a minute. You know, here we are three in a row in December. That hadn't happened for a while. And when that has happened, it's always uh, on the the cusp of either we're going to make or break this season. So I'm very proud of the fact that Andy was a part of that. And not just that, guys. Let's look back to uh, when he got knocked out, you know, a con- concussion protocol. All right, we're ready to come back. Cowboys are losing. We, you know, we look bad. We've got third-string, fourth-string quarterbacks, and he has COVID, okay? So then now that pushes him, pushes him back even more as far as his progression is concerned. And now once he finally gets a chance to get a, a number of – consecutive games under his belt, he's shown us what he can do and why they brought him here. So, yeah, he's looking pretty good. Uh, Will McClay looking pretty good in regards to uh, finding players that can help push this team along even during these tough times. You know, the other thing about playing in uh, December, and we're up against it, we need to go to a break here in a second, but the other thing to keep in mind, and I'm looking it up right now, is Mike McCarthy in his first year with the Green Bay Packers. Okay, they finished 8-8 eight and eight in 2006. And what did he do in December that year? The last four, they started the year 4-8, and eight, and they won their last four games in December to finish at 8-8. Eight and eight. And then what they do the following season? Fourteen and two. There you go. And we're an was overtime. Was that when they ended up in Dallas? And we're a overtime away from going to the Super Bowl uh, in the NFC title game against the Giants. They actually were thirteen and three, but oh, that was close sorry. enough, Mickey. All right. <laughs> I thought I had it. And of course, that was the year. Of course, that was 07, uh, more bad Cowboys memories when the Giants uh, beat the Cowboys and then the Giants uh, go to Green Bay. That's when we were 13 and 3. Yeah. Yeah. We were, uh, the, the Packers and the Cowboys were both 13 and 3 that year. But, um, but anyway, there you go. It says a lot about McCarthy in his first year. Uh, a season much like this one where it's uh, kind of going down the tubes and they finished strong and then they parlayed that into a pretty nice little run that he had in Green Bay. I'm going to call Bill right, Parcells Mickey. and I'm going to call Bill Parcells and tell him Bill Jones disagrees with you. You are who you are at Thanksgiving. 
That's right. That's exactly right. Yep. Good point. Parcells didn't know everything. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, 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 watch out now. Let's be careful. That's my guy. Jerry making some news on the radio this morning, and Mickey's got the full report when we come back on Mix Shots. Hey there, Cowboys fans. With Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery, cleaning your clothes has never been more convenient. Simply sign up at your local store, set out your dirty clothes, and one of our Tide Cleaners professionals will come directly to your home for a totally contactless experience. Your clean garments will be returned promptly the next scheduled delivery day, so skip the errand and enjoy life, not laundry. Visit TideCleaners.com or your local store to sign up for Tide Cleaners at-home pickup and delivery today. The Cowboys way, where 16 Hall of Famers and five championships shows us what success looks like. Where turkey is always the second best part of Thanksgiving Day. Where we are all defined by one single thing, the star. Where we as fans know it's our job to keep the tradition going. Bank of America is proud to be the official bank of the Dallas Cowboys and to support the quest of living life the Cowboys way. Copyright 2020, Bank of America Corporation. Grab some OtterBox gear and get ready for hanging with the boys. From rugged venture coolers to tough-as-nails elevation tumblers, we've got what you need to keep your game day drinks frosty and your football feast ice cold. And with cases, screen protectors, and power accessories, you can defend your phone and stay connected to every play. Gear up at OtterBox.com and amp up the fun of every Cowboys game. That's OtterBox.com. We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Back, back, back. To mix shots. <laughs> you can now support your beloved Cowboys from anywhere. Open up AT&T's Fan Zone feature inside the Cowboys app and record your personal cheer and referee signals. You will receive a personalized mosaic and may show up on the AT&T Live FX video board during the game. Mickey is sitting there perusing something, not to get into your business there, Mickey. Yeah, this Hopefully is it has something to do with the show. I was making sure I had <laughs> I was making sure I had the read for the next break. <laughs> there you go. All right, uh, Jerry was on the radio this morning. Any highlights that uh, you gleaned from Jerry's weekly appearance on the fan? Yeah, uh, the last thing he said, as they say, there's a pony in here somewhere. <laughs> I don't think I've heard that one before. I have not heard. What that does that one mean? Either. I'm sorry. <laughs> what was the context? I'm really no, Christmas. It was. It, it, was, it. it was. Uh, uh, they were talking. They they finished talking about uh, not only the possibility of having a playoff game at AT and T Stadium, but also a Cotton Bowl and a Rose Bowl. Uh, and to think that the stadium's going to host, could host all three of those within a week's time. Uh, and, uh, and, and they were just talking the playoff possibilities for the Cowboys. And he, he said, as they say, there's a pony in there somewhere. Uh, 
I heard the story, so we got. Well, yeah, what Jerry say, what Jerry saying is, I'm going to make some money off of this, <laughs> some kind of way. I'm making some money off of something. <laughs> um, and then he also, so he, not only did he inject the pony into his segment, but he also injected the the buzzards into the segment, and we've heard that one before. I tried. Right? <laughs> Sitting, I on a, sitting on Sorry. a fence and waiting for kind of something to come by for food and being one patient, of, being patient and everything. And one of the buzzers to, to turn to the other one said, uh, "To hell with patience! I'm going to kill something." <laughs> <laughs> and he, it was in and, reference. And that would be Jerry going important. to kill something. It was in All right, and, and that one. It's the important to talk about the context of right. what he was, was talking about. It was, was in reference about to Kellen, uh, Moore. Kellen Moore. Yeah, and you know, Stephen had pointed out sometimes when these opportunities come, sometimes you have to be patient. Uh, and kind of pointed out, you know, we kind of kicked it off back and forth. I guess we really didn't talk about it that much yesterday about Kellen have looking like he would have the opportunity to take the head coaching job at Boise State. Uh, and, you know, yeah. I, I see both sides of that. Uh, obviously, you know, we'd all like to go you know, victoriously back home and do something great. But then also when you've set the bar as high as he has as a player at Boise State, you better be careful because they might expect that as you as a head coach. Now, you probably expect that as yourself, of yourself. Uh, and then the other thing is, is what if you continue to do what you've been doing for these two years as an offensive coordinator in the NFL? I don't think teams have any problems hiring a 34-year-old head coach these days. Uh, and I think you have to just decide what's, what, where's your priority line. Is it in college or yeah. uh, would you want to do it uh, in the NFL? He has head coaching in his genes, right? His dad's a head coach. And I don't remember if I told you guys this story, but his grandfather was a decorated high school basketball coach uh, in the state of Illinois. He had gone to uh, Western Illinois, earned his degree, and started coaching high school basketball. And I didn't know this until Kellen Moore showed up, uh, and one of my college roommates informed me of it because he, he knew about the Washington uh, history of the Moors that his grandfather, and this was way before I was in high school, actually won these awards coaching high school basketball at my high school, if you can believe that. It, we go all the way back, and, you know, he talked about coming in, you know, where the town I lived, there was a forest preserve between the next town, and that's where his grandparents lived, and they used to go there to visit uh, back in the day. So, anyway... There is coach, head coaching in his genes all the way back to his grandfather. I have to say, if, if I'm in, in Kellen's position, you know, you talk about going back home uh, and, and coaching for an alma mater where you were a, a legend. <clears throat> That's one thing, but he's still young, you know, um, to sit up here and say, OK, it's time for me to go back home at 34 years old. 32. Trust me, Boise State's a great school. Uh, and I'm sure with him being there, that, that's his place. He feels comfortable there. And, and of course, it depends on what goes on with his family situation and how that works. We never really consider that. But of course, the coaches always do have to consider that. But when I look at Kellen's uh, uh, ascension into uh, into his position where he is now and then maybe even going further on uh, as a head coach for the NFL 
to me, that's the possibility for him. Uh, in regards to going back, if you want to go back home, man, you got plenty of time, God willing, to go back home. You know, wait till you're around 50 years old or something like that. <laughs> but to go back to be a head coach at Boise State, right, while you still have a chance to make some make big noise in the NFL, to me, it's a no-brainer. But like I said, that depends on his family situation and what his ideals are. I have high ideals for him that he will be a head coach in the NFL. You know, and the other thing you have to consider is he you, you, he's got to ask himself, am I ready to be a head coach? You know, it's one thing to be a coordinator. And we've seen how teams have promoted coordinators to become head coaches, right? And they're not head coach material. They're great coordinators. And I'm not saying he's not. Is he ready after two years as a coordinator uh, one year as a quarterback coach to be a head coach and take on a program? Does he know enough people to hire a staff? And that's one of the things they'll ask you. You know, what kind of staff are you going to put together? So he has to ask himself uh, those things. And, you know, what I always remember that sometimes you do have to be patient. You remember when Mike Zimmer interviewed for the head coaching job at Nebraska and he decided, nah, I don't think I like that situation. He stayed. Remember when Sean Payton interviewed for the Raiders head coaching job and he felt uncomfortable with the Al Davis situation there and the fact that they didn't have a quarterback and he felt like this just isn't right and he remained with the Cowboys. And the same thing with Jason Garrett when he was the offensive coordinator and he interviewed at Baltimore and they were offering him the job and he turned it down because he felt like head coach of the Cowboys was in his future at some point. So, yeah, yeah, we always have to ask those guys where they're at in their coaching careers uh, and not just take the job to take the job because the last place you want to do is go someplace where it's a coaching, you know, it's a coach killer. And I remember this story, and then I'll let you go. Uh, Back in when I got to Jackson, Mississippi, uh, Steve Sloan had been the head coach at Texas Tech, right? And uh, he was he was Bear Bryant's might as well have been his son, right? And Bear Bryant <laughs> advised him, "Don't go to Ole Miss. It's a coach killing spot for you." And he didn't listen. Parcells went to Army instead of going to Ole Miss with him, uh, or went to uh, Vanderbilt. I can't, no, they came from Vanderbilt. Sorry, and. And he went to Ole Miss, and it was a coach killer. He, he, he couldn't win there, and he didn't listen to Daddy Bryant at that time, and he, and he should have. So sometimes you got to look at the situation not to just to say, I want to be a head coach. Right. I, like I told you, I got one. I was there. I saw it. As soon as he won the Super Bowl 25 in 1991, Parcells has an angioplasty in the offseason. Uh, Bill Belichick has gone to Cleveland. We had a running back coach named Ray Hanley. Mm -hmm. Ray Hanley, after the Super Bowl, was going to be promoted immediately to offensive coordinator. And that did happen. Right after he was promoted to offensive coordinator, that's when Parcells had the angioplasty, right? So now you're stuck with no head coach. George Young decides to reach back for a puppet. He thought Ray Hanley would be that great puppet for him because he never thought, George did, that he could run the team while Parcells was there. They were always button heads. So now George Young saw an opportunity to have a guy there that he didn't have to butt heads with and he could control. 
Well, we ended up missing the Super Bowl that year and the year after that. And uh, when it was all said and done, Ray Hanley was not just roasted. His entire life was turned upside down in regards to rumors and things of that nature. And so it just got real ugly. So like you said, <laughs> this is a cautionary tale for Kellen Moore. It ain't always rosy on the other side. You know what I'm saying? Some things can happen to where everything can go off the rails. And that's exactly what happened with Ray Hanley. Okay, Everson, let me ask you this. If Belichick had not taken the Browns job, when that happened with Parcells, would Belichick have been the uh, interim guy, or was he not of the not what George Young was looking at as far as being a puppet? Let me let me say this: Belichick is more of a when I say company man, I mean he's very devout mm -hmm. to his superiors. He's very devout to sure. the owners and things sure. of that nature. Sure. If he would have taken that job, I think he and uh, George Young would have had fewer. Uh, uh, fights, you know, fewer uproars between the two than what Parcells had. But at the same time, if Belichick didn't like it after one year, he would have been out of there. He would have been out of there because he would have known right away if this was a situation for him. If I were Belichick and if I were to step into his shoes, I would not have taken the job under George Young just because of his nature. And that's why Parcells left as well. Speaking well, the other of thing as far as Kellen Moore, the other thing as far as Kellen Moore is concerned, obviously, when you're looking at a college job, it's a different whole job than what coach being a head coach in the NFL is. And I don't know how much Kellen Moore would enjoy the recruiting aspect of it. You know, people talk about Lincoln Riley being a potential uh, NFL coach. Uh, here's the the difference as I see Kellen Moore and Lincoln Riley. A Kellen Moore, for the last nine years, has been cutting his teeth in the NFL, uh, at first as a player, then as an assistant coach, then as a coordinator. And so he knows intimately how the NFL works. Okay, He doesn't have the same connections as far as recruiting goes. Lincoln Riley has had always he – he's never stepped on an NFL campus. He's always uh, groomed himself from when he was a freshman in college to be a college head coach, and he loves the recruiting aspect of it. He recruits great because he loves it. I mean, that is sort of his lifeblood. And so that would be something that Kellen Moore would have to ask himself, how much would I really like the recruiting part of it? Go ahead, Mickey. No, I, I was just going to finish the segment off by saying, speaking of Belichick, did you see the phone-throwing incident last night? Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Even my wife saw that. She's like, what just happened? <laughs> and the cameras caught it. It was great. I don't even I can't I can't believe somebody up in the coach's booth suggested to him that they should challenge that. You could see the, the all they had to do was look at the first replay. It was obvious it was a catch, right? And he's chewing the guy out. You can tell he's chewing him out afterwards. Then he takes the phone and boom, throws it against the phone bank. <laughs> That's one thing about these masks. They, you cannot read lips in these masks, okay? And I think the coaches are really taking advantage of that sometimes. <laughs> yeah, you can't read lips, but you can see veins bulging out of foreheads. <laughs> All right, we continue with more mix shots in just a moment. 
We're back with a tasty treat that's sweeping airwaves and taste buds. It's new Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. Let's take a listen. Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda's here. A new combo that's music to my ears, okay. Let's play. Cream Soda and Dr. Pepper time. Pour it in a glass of ice. Ah, music to my ears and mouth. New Dr. Pepper and Cream Soda. A delicious duet. Dear, it's 1908. Don't you think we should get electricity? Hmm, and stop using candles to see at night. It's just electricity lights up the room fast. It's more reliable than candles blowing out, and people seem to love it nationwide. Well, candles are... Dear, did you just run into the wall? Nope. May I have a new candle, please? Historically, switching to new technology is a no-brainer. Today, it's AT&T 5G. Fast, reliable, secure, and nationwide. Switch to AT&T 5G. It's not complicated. 5G requires compatible plan. May not be in your area. See att.com slash 5G for you for details. I'm Jay Novacek, former tight end for the Dallas Cowboys. Back in the day, I was the guy who always got the tough yards, and that's why I run with John Deere today. In fact, I have a John Deere 3025E tractor that can handle any yard work I need to do, even the tough yards way out back. So if you have one acre or a thousand, John Deere has the equipment that's just right for you. Visit a John Deere dealer today and run with us. We are the official tractor provider of your Dallas Cowboys. There's nothing as unique as our eyes, which is why Essilor pioneers ways to make lenses as unique as you. Verilux for super sharp vision, Essential Blue for protection, and Crizal for freedom from glare. Three cutting-edge solutions in a single unique lens. So whatever your needs, insist on Essilor. Visit your local Essilor experts and find the perfect lens for you. See more. Do more. Essilor. The mixed shots. Cowboy fans celebrate CD's record-breaking rookie season by heading to the Pro Shop and picking up his jersey today. The Pro Shop has a huge collection of jerseys, cold weather gear, and after Christmas deals up to 50% off for every fan. Visit your local Dallas Cowboys Pro Shop or shop.dallascowboys.com for your new gear today. All right, our final segment here of Mixed Shots. we got about eight minutes or so to go. Uh, the other thing, one of the other things that Jerry, Jerry talked Jones about this said morning that was I didn't an update. get to because I talked buzzards and ponies. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> All right, I'll lead you to more on Jerry. Uh, Zach Martin, unlikely this week, but there's hope in the postseason. Yes, he said for the future there is, there is a possibility. So, uh, you know, we... We get a chance to see those guys do their rehab outside with Britt Brown, and uh, they're on the resistance cords. And somebody had asked me about him last week, and I said, oh, he doesn't look like you know he's doing those side steps that they have him do uh, as well as maybe some of the other guys. So I figured he was a little further behind. So we'll see how he's doing uh, this week, if it's improved. Uh, and I have to admit, that's one of the things that I have to do my rehab. They put these elastic bang, uh, bands around both ankles or one around both, and you do side steps. And then when you squat down and do those for about 10 each way, it's difficult. So when I see those guys on those resistant cords, I'm going, God, that's so easy. What are they doing? You know, that doesn't seem like it takes much effort. Oh, it takes some effort, believe me. <laughs> Hey, I gotta say, uh, Spags, 
you should just from a personal standpoint, you should continue with those bands, even as your Achilles starts to feel better. Yeah. Excellent workout for you. My son does them all the time. The, 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 the small tendons always good to keep those in shape, especially as we get older and our bones start to get a little bit weaker. We need those tendons and muscles to be just a little bit stronger as we go forward. But I was going to say, um, did you guys hear what the, uh, Zeke said uh, yesterday in regards to how good he felt? Yes. Uh, as opposed to the uh, other, during the other periods of the season, uh, he had kind of mentioned that he had been hurting and, and hadn't said much to anyone about how sore and, and hurting he has been throughout the entire season. And I don't know if a hundred yards, uh, if a hundred yard game helps you feel better or do you feel better? And that's why you had the hundred yard game. But either way, uh, he seems to be feeling a whole lot better right now in regards to uh, physically and where his head is at right now. Looking forward to him coming, coming out this weekend and having a, a really Ezekiel Elliott type of uh, t- type of game this weekend. You know, the other thing that uh, he said after the game, and I thought this was very uh, – I, I don't know if people know who Zeke is. I don't know if they know what's in his heart or just his inner feelings. And he really doesn't a lot, a lot, uh, allow a lot out. But, um, you know, he was asked after the game what gave him confidence that they could possibly play in for something meaningful in the last game of the season. And he said, because I'm a competitor, if you gave up five, six weeks ago, you shouldn't even be we don't even want you on yep. our side. I mean, we are competitors. <laughs> the whole team is. We are a team of competitors, I mean, and we aren't out of it. you know. And then he kind of explained what they had to do next to be able to get in and needing some help. Uh, and, and as he said at the end, he goes, I think we are catching fire at the right time. So we'll see. But when, I, when he said that, I, I was a little surprised that he was that outspoken. But, but he's right, right? I mean, Tyrone Crawford said the same thing. He goes, you know, until they say eliminated on the message board, I'm not eliminated. And, 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 and that's the way you've got to play. And you know what? Somehow, some way, they bought into this. And I don't know what causes takeaways the way they've had these last three weeks, you know. And you can't coach them. I mean, you can do drills, but... They just kind of happen, right? But I think if you're playing hard and you're still competing, then maybe you get 10 takeaways in three games. It seems improbable. And without those takeaways, they don't win. They don't win three games. Everybody knows, well, what's the difference? Well, when you get 10 takeaways and you're a plus nine, my goodness, you'd have to really screw up to not win those games when you're getting at least three every game is what they did, three, three, and four. Uh, so they kept playing, you know, and whatever happens on Sunday happens. I get it. But at least they made it interesting to the bitter end, if it's bitter. I got, I got to say, Spag, the only, the only thing I disagree with you on is, yes, you do know why they started getting the turnovers. It's because everything, the game plan itself started to work. Talk, I always talk about critical moments during a game and the Cowboys have honed in on that we talked about last this past game you could clearly see that Keller Moore's approach to this game was to be successful 
on first down. And consequently, as much as I have been on his butt, Mike Nolan's uh, defensive strategy was also the same. Let's win the first down and also even more important, let's get that third down because regardless of how many yards we give up and how many points we give up, we give those up because we're not successful mostly on third down. You know how many times we've allowed the team to be successful on third down either by our mistake covering a guy or our mistakes in penalties. So it seems like We've cut that out. Very few penalties in the secondary this past weekend. Therefore, very few uh, third down successes for the Philadelphia Eagles. So, yes, Spags, you do know how those interceptions come because instead of us putting pressure on ourselves, we put pressure on the opposition. You don't just do that from the defensive line. You do that from strategy. So that's how we started getting these interceptions. And you know what? Here's As another you thing mentioned that third down, going into that game, they were giving up third down uh, conversions at 50% rate. 50. 50. If, 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 if you as a team are converting like 35 to 40% of your third downs, you're sitting there going, that's yeah, really you're good. good. You're successful. They were giving yeah, up 50%, <laughs> and I think in the game it ended up being 50% again, if I remember correctly, or at least close to it. So, yeah. But, but what happened was after that first drive, after that first drive, then that's when things got a little bit dicier. After the, after the second quarter and even to the second half, they were a lot more successful on third downs. So uh, they, com- they, they converted 7 of 17, 41%. But I bet at the first half, uh, it was a lot higher than that. Let's see. Third that's down right. efficiency. Uh, Philadelphia was 5 of 8, 62% the first half. So, uh, yeah. Uh, and, and, you know, the other thing they did defensively, and you talked about game plan, is when they got into those third down situations, they rushed three guys, kept three, uh, two linebackers and six DBs, and used C.J. Goodwin to kind of keep an eye on the quarterback. Uh, he would have been one of the few guys on the team that had the speed to be able to run with Jalen Hurts. And I think, uh, as Mike Nolan said, it, it, did, yep. it, it accomplished two things. One, that they had somebody that if Jalen Hurts took off, that could run with him. And two, because Jalen Hurts realized there was someone to run with him, he was less likely to jump outside the pocket. He did not know where to throw the ball. And then he That's had to right. throw it, And he it, did right? not know where to throw the ball. Exactly. That's right. That's right. You know, another thing, uh, and we're out of time, but I want to throw it in there. Going ahead and punting the ball on, on fourth and one. I was thinking of you it. on that play. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> All right. First quarter, you're down, you're down 14 to three. And there have been times this season, you're fourth and one at your own 34 yard line, and you feel like you got to do something because you don't trust your defense to stop them. And so you got to do more than what is necessary. All right. And they went ahead and punted the ball away from their own 34. And the Eagles started their drive at the 14 yard line. You flip the field on them. They start at their own 14. They ran it three times, a three and out. They punt it. 
And now you're getting the ball back at your own 37, and you put together a 63-yard touchdown drive, and the rest, as they say, is history. And then down on the goal line in the second quarter, you were third and goal at the one. You had the busted, the mental bust, whatever it was, where Dalton had to run it. And now you're fourth and goal at the two. Rather than going forward on fourth and goal at the two, go ahead and kick your field goal, take your points, and you're not trying to do too much to help your your defense. You know when they when they had that play looking at them, and I saw hey, the way on, the on offense the, started the, next... the game. I was sitting there going, "Oh, if they punt here, it's going to be twenty-one to three. And I was sitting right. there going, oh, "Maybe you need to hey, go God, for it." I, one more thing. <laughs> what was that, Everson? Hey, one more thing. I yep. love Dalton. I love uh, Andy Dalton's interview gear. He looks like uh, he's from the, the Grease uh, Broadway play. Yes. <laughs> he's got the light coat on. He's got his hair looking all cool. I'm uh, like, who is this guy, John Travolta? What the hell's going on here? Man? <laughs> well, we're staying alive. Staying alive. Yes. And so that's why he's got the staying John Travolta alive. look. Staying alive. All right. All right. That does Good it one, Bill. for mix shots. And we will see you again tomorrow at 1.30. This has been a production of DallasCowboys.com and the Dallas Cowboys Football Club. How about this, Cowboys? Yeah!